0: Hey, what's up you guys? Welcome to the Analyst Corner Podcast. My name is Will. Uh, It's finally great to be back with you guys. I've been trying to do a podcast for so long, but I've been busy on real life work and then this pandemic just hit us. So yeah, it wasn't a great time for me to be doing podcasts. I had to focus on other stuff, but gladly I have some free time now. I have fixed my schedule and now we can be back to the podcast We can be back to the weekly takes on the Analyst Corner podcast. And I'm really, really happy to be with you once again. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say anything else. I'm thrilled to be back here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, This is episode number three of the Analyst Corner podcast. I know we had just a few couple episodes because of this season. I mean, coronavirus just hit us hard and basketball was a... was one of the few sports that took a hit so yeah i mean but i'm glad i'm back i'm glad i can talk with you guys so let's get started so i would like to keep this episode short and simple for you guys therefore i'm gonna talk about every nba playoff team in the bubble and the biggest flaw i could find this this can be a player the coach the bench or anything else uh for the teams that already made the playoffs in the bubble, I know we still have the playing tournament between the Suns, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Portland Trail Blazers, which seems to be happening. But I want to talk about every team's biggest flaw, including those four, even if they the eighth seed hasn't been decided yet on the West. Okay, so let's start with the Eastern Conference. Then we're going to jump to the Western Conference, and I will give... Every flaw I could find for every team. Uh, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks. We already know the Milwaukee Bucks is the best defensive team in the NBA. Uh, in the bubble, they haven't won a lot of the games they should have, but they still got the reigning MVP and soon-to-be back-to-back MVP, and Antetokounmpo, which just makes their life easier. But the biggest flaw I could find in this team is who's the number two guy. I mean, who's going to step up? when teams are going to build that wall that Toronto built last year for Giannis. Uh, we remember that Giannis was trying to get Chris Middleton to be that guy last season, but he just wasn't cutting it. And Eric Bledsoe has a tendency of disappearing in the playoffs. So I'm really, really hoping this time Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe both can just step up for the Milwaukee Bucks. Because otherwise, if teams focus on stopping Giannis and Tetacumpo, and then there's no other player who can give them some scoring, some playmaking or just carry them when Janis is being held. It's going to be an issue. They're going to end up losing again in the conference finals or maybe in the finals. So, yeah, they need that second guy and they need the they need him to be efficient and they need him to step up. And I expect that guy to be Chris Middleton. He has been two time all star right now. Um you know all you guys already know I have mixed feelings about Chris Middleton. I don't think he's that good of a guy. I just think he's a great third option on a championship team. But yeah, he he's got to he's got to step up his game if he wants the Milwaukee Bucks to do something special in the playoffs. And guys like Eric Plexo and Brooke Lopez uh, need to to put some good numbers too to be able to run through the Eastern Conference. Then we have the Toronto Raptors Uh, The issue I find with the Toronto Raptors goes back to Kawhi leaving the team. And it's that I don't think they have a certified closer. I think Pascal Siakam has been great all season. I think Kyle Lowry is back to his all-star level. Uh, He has been great, averaging 19 points a game. Uh, Guys like Fred Van Fleet, guys like Norman Powell, guys like OG and Inobi had had stepped up. Uh, That's One of the main reasons they are still the two seed and they're still one of the best defensive teams in the East. And Nick Nurse is just a great coach. I mean, he has proven to be a great coach. This year he proved that it wasn't just Kawhi, that the team around was good and that the coach was good. But the problem I have is who's going to close the game? I mean, I would like to think it's Pascal Siakam, but in the bubble he's averaging less than 20 points a game. And sometimes he does some questionable decisions in the clutch, which just makes me believe that Pascal Siakam is still too young to be the number one option on a championship team. I think he has the potential to it because every year he has improved massively in every aspect of his game. But yes, I don't think they have this Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, uh, LeBron James type of guys who can just say, give me the ball, get out of my way, and I will get us a bucket. So yeah, um, I think the biggest issue with them is going to be who's going to close the games for them when they are tight and who's going to be the leader for that team because they need someone to step up and to bring them home and try to make a run these playoffs. Now we move to the Boston Celtics. I actually like personally the Boston Celtics this year. I think they have a lot of potential. Uh, with guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Campbell Walker, Gordon Hayward. I mean, Mark Smart is still a great defensive player. But the thing is, they have four guys who can easily go for 30 every night. Let's say Jason Tatum is having an off night. You can trust Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward or Campbell Walker to pick up the slack. So they are really, really, really stacked when it comes to the starting lineup and the guys who can explode for 20 plus points. But the issue I have it's that I don't know if Jason Tatum in his second I mean not his second season but um now it's the leader of the Boston Celtics and as the primarily ball handler I don't know if he's that guy just yet. I know he was on a spectacular stretch to finish the season. But in the bubble, he has been great, but I actually expected him to step up his game a little bit more, which hasn't happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what I trust with them in the playoffs, it's that their four guys, maybe they don't need that closer. If the four guys are able to provide good uh, good points for them and other aspects of the game, maybe they'll be fine. But uh, the issue I have is that I don't know if the bench is going to hold up his end. Because, I mean, if you look after Marcus Smart, there's actually some players that are just meant to defend or just have a specific role. Therefore, you either have to stagger the minutes or just um limit the rotations to seven or eight guys, which is always what happens in the playoffs. But yes, my biggest concern is I don't know if the Boston Celtics are ready for it yet because even if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had this amazing jump this season and Kemba Walker took the backseat, I still think uh, they they need something else. Uh, They need that guy who is a 30-point scorer who can go and get you a bucket. And I do think that could be Jason Tatum down the line. But I don't know if it's going to happen this season. Also because, I mean, they have a losing record against Milwaukee and that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they need to step up. Uh, But they are actually one of my dark horse picks to come out of the East because of that because they have four guys who can easily go for 30. Uh, they have good defensive players in Michael, Marcus Smart, uh, Samuel Ogile, and they also have a great coach. Uh, there's nothing need to be said about that, but my biggest concern is that I don't know if, I don't know who's going to be the number one guy if at the end of the day Kemba's going to give it to Tatum, if Tatum's going to give it to Jalen, who's going to be the closer, and, and if that closer is going to be enough, for them to get out of the East. Now, if we if we move on to the Miami Heat, um, there's a lot of questions I have with the Miami Heat because I know Jimmy Butler is amazing. He proved to be amazing last year with the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, he literally carried the team for some games against Toronto, uh, managed them to get to Game 7, and he was a closer for that team. Now in his new role, I mean, he's embracing it, he's loving it, he's loving being the first guy, being that guy. But the thing is, even with how great Jimmy is, there's a little bit of a of a difference between their first guy in Jimmy and the second guy in Bam. I still think Bam Abedayo is is amazing just in his second season. He became an All-Star after trading away Hassan Whiteside. And he has proven he is one of the most versatile speaks in the game. But still, I have some questions about who's going to be the second guy who can give them 20 plus points. Because even if Bam can give you an all-around game of 16 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, they're going to need that second guy if they're going to come out of the East. And more importantly, if they want to win a championship. Uh, Tyler Hero has that potential, Uh, Kendrick Nung has that potential, but honestly, I just think they are too young. And in the bubble, some of them have been inefficient. I mean, Duncan Robinson has been amazing. He has been shooting the lights off the ball, but I don't think in the playoffs he's going to be a 21-point scorer. Um, Yeah, there's other issues that the fact that Iwadola has been bad all season long and in the bubble... He's shooting less than 30% from the three. And even if I love Iguadola and I think he can turn it up in the playoffs, I still think uh he's already too old and I don't think he's going to be the Giannis stopper or the Jason Tatum stopper. So yeah, they they are going to need that second guy to step up of there, or they're going to need a bunch of guys to step up. I mean, they need Goran Dragic to be great, Kendrick Nunn to be great, Tyler Hero to be great. But at the end of the day, I just think they are too young and too inexperienced to just come out of the East. Even if Jimmy Butler is great, I don't think one player can carry you through the playoffs. And Milwaukee proved that that last year when Toronto stopped at Janice and there was no second guy. So yeah, that's my concern with the Miami Heat. Now, looking at the Indiana Pacers, I think it's going to come down to the lack of presence in the inside. I mean, I think Sabonis was a big part of them getting that record this season, even with depot missing some games. And he was just amazing. I mean, he was an all-star this season. He was playing out of his mind. And he just got injured and he had surgery. So I think the Indiana Pacers are going to miss him because Miles Turner just hasn't been good in the bubble. He has just disappointed me personally because when he came into the league, I thought he had the potential to be like an 18-point scorer, a versatile defender, which don't get me wrong, he has proven he's an a, a good to great defender, uh, but the problem is that his offensive game is too limited and sometimes he gets lost on switches when he needs to guard a smaller guard or a perimeter player, he just gets lost and sometimes they get by him so I don't think Miles Turner can just have the presence inside that the Montesabonis has. Also, I mean, TJ Warren is playing amazing. That's just the, the news of this bubble, just like the breaking news. Everybody is talking about how he has become Michael Jordan, this bubble. He's averaging around 35 points a game, and he's just playing insane. But, I mean... TJ Warren for me has the potential to be at 18 uh 20 point guy like i mean high teens low 20s type of guy but i don't think he is going to be the guy who's going to help them go through the east uh Oladipo still looks a little bit uh rusty even though he had some good games and sometimes he he takes great shots but he looks a little bit rusty when it comes to attacking the basketball handling the ball just in yesterday game, he had, like, three turnovers that were just really, really out of the blue. Like, no superstar should have those turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to the fact that they are going to miss the Montezabonis. And their players are not shooting good. I mean, McDermott is having a good shooting stroke this bubble. But guys like uh, Holiday have been just struggling from three. He's shooting 23% from three. And I don't think those guys that they are coming off the bench can help them. So ultimately, uh, it's going to come down to the firepower they have. And being honest, I don't think they have enough to even go through the first round. Unless Oladipo just becomes amazing or Malcolm Brogdon picks up from the beginning of the season. Or just Miles Turner becomes um, Dikembe Matumbo all of a sudden. But yeah, that's the flaw I see with the Indiana Pacers. I think they're going to miss a bonus and their role players are not being that efficient. So the rotation is just going to be awful and that can kill them in some games. Now we've moved on to the Philadelphia 76ers. The problem I have here, well, obviously Ben Simmons got injured and he's... A good guy who attacks the basket, who distributes the ball. He's a great playmaker. He has a great touch with the ball. I mean, he hasn't proved he's a shooter yet, even a 15-footer. But still, they're going to miss Ben Simmons. I mean, he was the other star in that team. And I think the concern is Joel Embiid's health. I mean, he had already missed some games due to some injury issues today as of the recording of this podcast he just had his hand, like, beaten, and he just exited the game and didn't come back. So, yeah, the concern with Embiid is the injuries and the fact that we don't know which Embiid we are going to get. Like, you, we already know as NBA fans that sometimes Embiid just plays out, out of his mind, and he scores, like, 45 and 20, uh, only shooting 1-3, and he just is a defensive beast. But there are other games that he just settles for three-pointers. He just forces the issue too much. And sometimes he's not the Joel Embiid we are used to see. And that disappoints me a lot because of that inconsistency. And now that they don't have Ben Simmons, maybe the spacing will be better. But, I mean, losing one superstar always hurts your case. And the fact that Joel Embiid hasn't been able to stay healthy, even in the bubble, concerns me a lot. And even if Shake Milton has been okay for them in the starting lineup... I don't think he's ready for playoff time. I I am a Tobias Harris fan but I don't think he's a second guy for, for a championship team. I think he's a great third option and if he's your number two guy, that's just going to be an issue. Even if they have good players like Mathis Tyvel, who has just proven he's a defensive beast and guys like Alec Burks who have been shooting the lights out of the bubble. But uh, yeah, my concern is they're going to miss Ben Simmons. I don't know what Joel Embiid I'm going to get. And lately, they've been getting just injured a lot. And I don't know if they're going to stay healthy. Now, if we move to the Brooklyn Nets, my concern is the fact that they don't have a superstar or a star whatsoever. Even if Spencer Dean Wheat is a great player and I really like him a lot, he has been really inefficient these times. He has been shooting less than 32% from three. And sometimes he just takes some questionable shots. The fact that they don't have the Andrew Jordan or Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant just concerns me a lot because I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run. I don't think they can get off the first round. Uh, they are playing guys like Tyler Johnson, guys like um, Timothy Cabaret, who has been good in the bubble, but I don't think it's gonna. neither of them is going to carry a team to the playoffs and neither of them can carry a team through the playoffs. Uh, So, yeah, my biggest concern with them is the fact that they really don't have a go-to guy. And even if Spencer Dinwiddie is good, I don't think he can beat anyone uh, by himself. Therefore, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets will even win a game in the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just down on them because they don't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant or even Andrew Jordan. But yeah, I mean, my concern with the Brooklyn Nets is the lack of firepower and the fact that they just got some random guys playing minutes. And I mean, if they were waived or they weren't in the team, it was for a reason and they just got them to fill the roster. And even if they've been respectable through the bubble, I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs. Lastly, for the Eastern Conference playoff teams, we got the Orlando Magic. And my concern with the Orlando Magic has been the same concern I had for years. The fact that they need some scoring, uh, Nikola Vucevic just had a down year from his contract year. He was not an all-star anymore. Uh, Gordon Adam Gordon has been awful. I mean, I had high hopes for him when he came into the league. I thought he could be at least eighty-five percent of what Blake Griffin was in the Clipper days, but he has just disappointed me. I mean, he's averaging less than fifteen points a game. Uh, his shooting is not that great they lost Jonathan Isaac through an injury uh, and Jonathan Isaac is the best defensive anchor they had um and they just lost him through injuries Evan Fournier is a good offensive player but i don't think he's a number one option in any championship team DJ Augustin is a solid point guard but again not an all-star point guard and the bench even if they have guys like Ross or Aminu i don't think they are going to do much noise in the playoffs i mean they just lack a lot of firepower and that's my concern. They don't They don't have enough firepower. Um, last year, uh, we got proven again that Nikola Budzic is not a guy you want late in games. Because even if he can make, make up his defense for his offense, uh, defensively, he's just a disaster. I mean, all big men can get by him. Small guards can get by him. So, yeah, ultimately, I don't think they have the defensive power or the offensive power to win a first-round matchup. And that's my biggest concern, the lack of firepower and the lack of a star and the lack of a proven number one guy in the playoffs that can take them forward. As we already know, the Washington Wizards have been eliminated for the playoffs. They haven't won any game in the bubble, so that's why I'm not talking about them in case anyone's wondering. So now we can move to the Western Conference. Uh, On the Western Conference, let's start with the number one seed in the West with the Los Angeles Lakers. And... It hurts to say this, but the Lakers were my pick at the beginning of of the year to win it all, but they've just been going downhill. Lately, I mean, their guys cannot buy a bucket. They've been shooting horrible from the three. They are the worst three-point shooting team in the bubble. They they just seem to miss every shot they take. Guys like Danny Green have been shooting less than 20% from three. Uh, Catwell Pope has been shooting 28% from three mm, other guys like J.R. Smith uh, have just made one triple out of 10 he has took Uh, Diane Waiters has been horrible from the th- three-point line as well so yeah I mean right now in the bubble they are the worst shooting team in the NBA and sadly this is a shooting league I mean The Golden State Warriors proved and even the Houston Rockets have proved that shooting is the way to go. Shooting is what gives you championships and the inefficiency that the Lakers have is just awful. I mean, I'm impressed by how bad they've been playing. Uh, The fact that they cannot get a bucket. Anthony Davis sometimes looks disengaged. I mean, the fact that Anthony Davis can go and get 42 in a game and then have a stretch of two games where he doesn't get double digits... That's just concerning for me. I mean, there's no way to defend that. You're a superstar, even if it's a a game that you don't want to play hard. You should be able to score at least double digits. And, I mean, we already know that Anthony Davis has been questioned about the dog in him. If he has that spirit of, I will take the ball, I will carry us if it needs to be. So, yeah, I mean, sadly, even if my pick to win the championship is the Lakers and I'm going to stick by it, Uh, I'm really, really concerned by the fact they cannot shoot. They haven't been able to defend the perimeter well. LeBron James has been playing okay. But, I mean, I still trust in play of LeBron. But the fact that they don't have a number three guy and the fact that the bench unit has just been awful from the field and awful from the three-point range just scares the hell out of me. Uh, I mean, maybe Kyle Kuzma since yesterday, buzzer beater, can be something great for them. But, I mean, Kyle Kuzma is too inefficient for me to rely on him on big games and to be your number three guy. So, yeah, I'm really concerned. I mean, there's nothing else I can say about the Lakers. The shooting has been awful. And they need to turn it on, playoff mode this early. Otherwise, they're going to end up losing to the first round if Portland makes it because they are hot right now. The Lakers cannot buy a bucket. And it's just... Sad to see the basketball they are playing because they were playing amazing. Uh, the loss of Avery Bradley was a hard hit on them. But hopefully Kyle Kuzma, Jared Smith, Diane Waiters, Alex Caruso, Danny Green can pick up the slack because they haven't been showing anything to be excited about. Um, They are even giving Quinn Cook some minutes to check if he can be part of the eight-man rotation for the Lakers in the playoffs. But yeah, man, I mean, I might have wasted a lot of time on the Lakers, but I'm really, really concerned more because I picked them to win the championship. And even if I trust in playoff LeBron, I don't think playoff LeBron can carry the, a bunch of guys who can just not get a bucket when they're wide open. I mean, that's just concerning. And hopefully he does. But again, I'm I'm scared of how bad they are shooting this bubble. Now, if we move on to the Los Angeles Clippers, my concern is the fact that they are stacked, but sometimes they are not ready for other teams that are in the Lakers. We know that Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, they step up whenever they play the Lakers, but they have lost already to some bad teams. Uh, They make some questionable decisions down the stretch. Um. Even if they are deep, I think they're going to end up closing their rotation in eight, maybe nine guys who, who will contribute with some good minutes down playoff time. But my concern is that, I mean, first, Kawhi Leonard, he's not looking like himself. I mean, he has struggled in the bubble. The last couple of games he has picked up the slack, but he his knee doesn't look right. I mean, he hasn't had the explosion he showed at the beginning of the year maybe he's just pacing himself for the playoffs maybe he's actually having a lingering injury but he hasn't been the same and even if he's great he needs to to just take games over sometimes um the fact that paul george has been going crazy this bubble i mean paul george is shooting the lights out of the bubble but personally uh paul george has sometimes proven he's not the guy if you need him down the stretch uh like in Oklahoma I mean he was great in the playoffs but Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum outplayed them um and yeah I mean guys like Lou Williams who missed some games because of the Atlantic City uh incident I mean Atlanta um and they just look rusty. I mean, now Montres Hardle is gonna come back to the bubble after missing a lot of games. He's gonna have to turn it on in the playoffs. And when you go zero to a hundred, you can get injured. So my concern is the fact that they have some lingering injuries. Uh they have not yet showed the chemistry we all expected them to have because they haven't played as a whole a lot of games. Um the fact that sometimes their guys are just inefficient, and sometimes Kawhi Leonard isn't showing the explosiveness he always had. But I still think the Los Angeles Clippers are the most stacked team in the bubble. I think they have um, as maybe a higher chance than the Lakers and the Bucks to win the championship. But yeah, I mean, my concern is that. My concern is the injuries, the fact that they haven't shown the chemistry they should have, and the fact that they have lost to a lot of teams that they shouldn't have lost, even playing all the starters and playing big, heavy minutes. Uh, I could see an upset. I mean, right now they are supposed to face the Dallas Mavericks. And maybe I'm going to make a, a bold statement here, but I think the Dallas Mavericks can upset the Los Angeles Clippers if they overestimate them. Like, maybe the Clippers think they can win easily, but because of that they end up in a Game 6 or a Game 7, maybe even losing, but... Yeah, that's my concern. I mean, they always step up for the Lakers, but sometimes they just don't step up for other teams, their chemistry, and the lingering injuries they have. Now, if we move to the Denver Nuggets, I think it comes down to inexperience. I think they are still one year away from really competing. Uh, Nikola Djokic is great. I still don't like Jamal Murray a lot, even if he has some scoring potential. Sometimes he makes some questionable plays. Sometimes he can go... 10 for 12 or he can go 0 for 20. Uh, so his inconsistency also worries me a bit. The fact that the oldest player is Paul Millsap and sadly the playoffs are won with experience and mostly all players are the ones that can get a team through the playoffs and I still think they are too young. I mean, they have the potential of Michael Porter Jr. There. I mean, he has been amazing this bubble. But ultimately, I think he's too young to be your second guy. Uh, maybe your third guy, you can make a case for it. But I still think they are one year away to make it. I still think they need some some experience because sometimes they are still having trouble closing games. Jokic is amazing. But guys like Gary Harris have a down year. Uh Monte Morris is a great guy off the bench, but he's not a guy ha- that can carry your bench like the Clippers have Lou Williams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the fact that they are too young. I think they're going to make it off the f- uh, first round, depending on who they face. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's, they're going to make the conference finals or even the finals Um because of the lack of inexperience and the fact that I think they're still one year away from making it. Now if we move on to the JuteJS, to keep it plain and simple, I think they're going to miss Bojan. Uh, I think losing 20 points a game is always going to hurt you. Uh, the fact that Rudy Gobert is a great inside presence, he is a top three uh, defender in the league, but the issue is that sometimes he gets, uh, he can get played out If you have a big man who can stretch the floor, a guy like Jokic, uh, a guy like Anthony Davis, I mean, that's when the issue comes. And even if they are a great defensive team, I think they're going to lack firepower to make it, to make a deep playoff run. Because, I mean, even if Jordan Clarkson has been good and has shown potential to replace Bojan, the other guys off the bench are questionable um, They don't make a lot of shots. Uh, Donovan Mitchell needs to play amazing. Mike Conley has been kind of rough this, this year. I mean, I thought he was going to have great impact with the Jazz, but his numbers just took a hit. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, in the bubble, he's playing a little bit better, but ultimately, I mean, I don't think Utah Jazz has a certified second guy who can take the load of Donovan Mitchell to just make a diff play and run. So, yes, I think the loss of Bojan is going to hurt them down the line. Maybe not in the first round, but in the second round, it's definitely going to hurt them, and I don't think they they are going to make a deep playoff run. And, yes, my concern is the lack of firepower and the fact that Rudy Govert sometimes can get played out by stretching big men. Now if we move on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm a big fan of the Thunder. I was actually quite mad when I didn't saw Chris Paul was a finalist for the MVP. I mean, know that I think he should win it, but his impact in OKC was just amazing this year. Uh, everybody thought OKC was going to fall off a cliff when they traded away Westbrook and when they got that massive contract on Chris Paul. But the lineup of Chris Paul, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who I believe is the sixth man of the year, um, and Shao Gildas Alexander has been amazing. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the fact that uh, they are a team that's overachieving. Uh, I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run. Maybe if they get lucky and the matchup works, they can make it to the second round. But I don't think they are going to make a deep playoff run because of the fact that um, Shai just alexander had a great year, but he has been struggling at the bubble. He's too young. Uh, they don't have a third sort of star or a third go-to guy. You can maybe say Steven Adams or Dennis Schroeder off the bench. But ultimately, I think they're going to lack firepower because even if CP3 is great, he cannot take uh, the bargain on his own and just carry a team through the playoffs. I mean, he's still my point god, but I don't think he's, he's on those years where he could carry a team. I think he needs some help. And Shea Gilgis is just too young. Dennis Schroeder is sometimes too inconsistent. And the other guys are just guys who put effort but are overachieving. And therefore, my uh, that's my concern. I mean, I think their streak is going to end up once the playoffs start. And it was a nice, cute history and a nice, cute uh, narrative. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to make something in the playoffs. If we move on to the Houston Rockets... My concern is the concern that every NBA analyst has and it's the fact that they don't have a big man. I mean, in this bubble, they have proven they don't need a big man because they have got some games where they get out-rebounded for more than 30 rebounds, but they still win the game or the game is still a tie game the last two minutes because even if they are shooting 53s a game, even if they don't make that many the fact that they are making more than the other team keeps them in the game. So, I mean, they are just putting all the eggs in the shooting basket. Uh, they are putting all of the chips in into the shooting. Uh, they are trusting the fact that they don't need a big man, that they can get out-rebounded, they can get out-played in the paint, but they can make it up for the shooting. And that can backfire because guys like Robert Covington have been shooting less than 30% from three. Eddie Gordon has been consistent. Uh, Austin Rivers, I have never been a fan of him. Ben McLemore sometimes gets some questionable shots. Westbrook has been playing great because he hasn't shot a lot of trees. He has been attacking the basket. But we know playoff Westbrook sometimes wants to take those mid-range jump shots, some contestant threes, and that can hurt them because they are putting all their hope in the fact that they can shoot better than the other team even if they take more shots and get out-rebounded. So yeah, ultimately it's going to go to the fact that do they are, are they really going to miss the big men? Are they really going to need a five who can get rebounds or can they just go through the playoffs with that? Um, it's gonna depend a lot on how Westbrook plays, it's gonna depend a lot on how Harden plays. I think those two can need to average around 60 or 55 points between them in all the playoffs. Uh and they have to be shooting the lights out of the ball in case they want to make it. So my concern is the fact that even if shooting makes it more efficient and you can still be in the ball game, um, it's it's something that can can be odd sometimes because sometimes guys can just make a shot. I mean, they're just missing everything they shot. And putting all your hope into that basket just worries me a lot. Moving on to the Dallas Mavericks, uh, I think like the Nuggets, they are a young team. I mean, Luca is in his second year and even if he's putting some MVP numbers and he's really, really carrying this franchise, I mean... Porsingis and Tim Harvey Jr. were not as good as they are with Dallas when they were in New York. So you can see Lucas' impact right away when they play against any team. Lucas is just amazing. I think he's going to be a top three player in the NBA in the next five years. Um, Christoph Porzingis is just a unicorn who can shoot the lights out sometimes. He's big. He can shoot. He can post up. He can defend sometimes. Um, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to the fact that they are too young. I mean, if they make a deep playoff run, I I will be impressed. As I said, I think they can upset the Los Angeles Clippers if the Clippers overestimate them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got guys like Tim Hardway, uh Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Max Cleaver, those role players who are contributing a lot and have been overachieving all year and in the bubble and have been just great because of Luca Doncic impact in the game, but yeah, I think they are too young. And Luca, it's gonna be the first time that Luca and is experience the playoffs. They're gonna realize it's a different ball game. It, uh, calls are not called that often. Players become more physical. They don't let you shoot that comfortable anymore. So yeah, ultimately, I think they're just too young for this year. Uh, but they are going to be a force to be reckoned with the next three years. Um, Maybe they can pull up an upset, like I said, but I still think they are too young. And even if Luca and Persingis are just a great duo, um, I don't think they have the experience to overcome the playoffs just at this age. If we move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, um, I mean, the concern I have with the Grizzlies is the same. They are too young. Uh, The fact that they lost Triple J, Dylan Brooks has been shooting awful. Uh, Even if Ja Moran is averaging 19 and 10, his efficiency is just horrible. He's shooting less than 29% from three. They don't have a lot of guys they can rely on. They don't have a lot of veterans they can rely on. And, I mean, even if Ja is great and Dylan Brooks has been a great third option for the year, I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run. I don't think they're... Maybe they don't even make the playoffs because they are the first team that might be in the playing tournament or the playing games. So maybe they don't make it, but I will talk about them because they still have a chance. But my concern is the fact that they are too young. They lost the second best player in the team and Jack has just been inefficient. Moving on to the Portland Trail Blazers. I mean, what can I say? Damian Lillard has been on fire. And that's where my concern comes. My concern comes on CJ McCollum and the other guys to pick up the slack because in the last two games, Damian Lillard had more than 50 points in one game and he just had 61 the past game and they barely won. Uh, I think the other game they lost. But, I mean, yes, he he has been carrying the team. He's putting impressive numbers. He's shooting the lights out of the ball. I think he should be bubble MVP in case they're going to have that award. But, yeah, that's that's where my concern is. Damian Lillard needs to put 60 points a game to win by three to the Dallas Mavericks. That's just concerning. I mean, CJ McCollum has to step up. Gary Trent has been shooting the lights out of the ball. I mean, this bubble he's averaging around... 18 points, a little bit more than that. Uh, he's been shooting amazing from three, but I don't think that's going to hold up. And he's too young. Maybe in the playoff he he's going to get a little bit scared or maybe he, he will just not be as efficient as he is because playoff is a different monster. I think they are the team with the best chance to make the eighth seed in the playing tournament or the playing games. But the fact that Damian has to put these numbers just to get them to go... To be close in the last couple minutes just makes me worry a lot about the rest of the team and a lot about their offense because I don't think Carmelo is going to be averaging 20. I don't think uh, Nurkic is going to be averaging 20. So, yes, they need all of the bench guys to step up and contribute to what Damian Lillard is doing. But even if they make the playoffs, if they face the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round, I think Anthony Davis is going to kill them in the paint. And the play of LeBron has never lost a first-round matchup in his life. So I don't expect them to do much. Now if we move on to the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, what can I say? You always got to trust in Greg Popovich. Before the bubble, I thought the Spurs were going to be out of the playoffs. Uh, I think they are the second team with the highest chances to make the 8th seed after Portland. But man uh, like they lost Aldrich and they are playing amazing the Rosen has been putting numbers this bubble uh guys like Keldon Johnson have been good um Walker has shown some potential uh, I mean white is shooting the lights out of the ball he was averaging less than 15 points a game in the season and in the bubble he's averaging 20 I mean he's stepping out stepping up big time for the Spurs. And that's one of the reasons they they are in the contendency to get the AC. But my concern comes to the fact that even if DeMar Rosen is great, his trip end shooting has never been a thing. I mean, he's more of a mid-range guy. They just have the DeRozan, who is kind of a star, not a superstar, not even an all-star in the West, in my eyes. And even if DeJounte Murray, Walker, Johnson... And even Potl have been great. I don't think that's a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. And ultimately, my concern comes to the fact that... Even if Greg Popovich is a great coach, I don't think that can make up for the fact that they don't have a superstar in the team. Uh, They have a guy who's really good at scoring in the -the Meredo-Rozan, but sometimes he just becomes too mid-range-centric, and that's the most inefficient shot in the NBA. And even if they make the playoffs, again, I think the Los Angeles Lakers will just kick them off the first round. But yeah, I mean, they got some chan- uh, some chances. I trust in Greg Popovich, but ultimately I don't trust in murder Rosan or Derek White or any of those guys to just carry them through the playoffs. And now the team who is still alive for the playoff run and trying, trying to make the eighth seed, we have the Phoenix Suns. They have been the surprise of the bubble they've been playing out of their mind as of the recording of this podcast they are 7 and 0 i mean they 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 were invited because commissioner adam silver wanted them to get some some experience and try to try to be better next season so they can have some some games right now that can help them improve next season and everybody thought they were going to be out of the playoffs because of the fact they had to win nearly every single game to be in the playing games or in the playing tournament. And so far they have. I mean, they are 7-0. They've been beating good teams, including the Clippers on that last buzzer beater that David Booker had. I mean, greatest shot in the bubble so far. And Booker is playing out of his mind. He's averaging 31 points a game, 6 assists. And he is my second choice for the MVP of the bubble after Damian Lillard. I would love to see the Phoenix Suns make the first round of the playoffs, make the eighth seed. But they still need to go through Portland and through the Memphis Grizzlies and through the Spurs if the playing tournament happens. But ultimately, I mean, they've been great. I got I got to give them props for that. Guys like Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton have stepped up. And even without Kelly Oubre, who was an 18-point scorer for them in the season, they're being just great. I mean, Devin Booker is playing out of his mind. He's proving everyone. He can lead a team to the playoffs. Maybe not to a championship just yet because he's still too young. But man, he is a killer. He has a great potential. And ultimately, my concern is the fact that they are too young and they are just having this hot streak where they are beating every team. We know that in the beginning of the year, they they were like, what, 17 and six when they started and everybody was just amazed by how well they were playing uh so i think this bubble has some of that i mean they've been playing great uh they've been playing on fire but ultimately i think that's gonna end and um, the inexperience in the playoffs in case they make it uh it's gonna hurt them again facing the los angeles lakers does not help them their case to make a deep player run, but I mean, I got to give props to Devin Booker, props to the Suns organization because all the players have stepped up in the bubble. They made the most out of these seven games. They are hungry. They are playing with will. And I'm actually amazed by the Phoenix Suns. I love Devin Booker. I think he's an all-star in the West and I'm happy they are doing this. But again, ultimately, they are just too young and too streaky for my like to just go up against the Los Angeles Lakers if they get the eighth So that's it. Uh, That's the end of all the playoff teams in the bubble. Uh, We don't need to talk about the Sacramento Kings or the New Orleans Pelicans because they are both eliminated as well as the Wizards. Sadly, the Pelicans didn't make the playoffs. I had high hopes for them making the eighth seed so they could face LeBron James and the recently traded Anthony Davis. So even if I... even if I thought they were going to lose, I would like to see the matchup between Lonzo, Ingram, and Josh Hart against LeBron James. But it didn't happen, sadly. So yeah, that's the end of it. Uh, This is me finding the biggest flaws of every NBA playoff team in the bubble. Uh, ultimately, some of, some of them are big. Some of them are just small. Some of them need to be addressed as soon as possible. Otherwise, it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. Some of them, is just me being a little bit picky and trying to find a flaw but yeah ultimately those are my thoughts on what each team should improve starting the playoffs and if I have to pick again a team who's going to win it all I'm a kind of guy who sticks by his picks so I will pick the Los Angeles Lakers again they were my preseason pick they were my season pick so I'm going to stick by it I think playoff LeBron is nothing to be played with But if I had to pick a second place or a second team I think would win, would be the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, I think those two teams should face in the conference finals. And I think the winner of those conference finals is going to be the winner of the finals. Because ultimately, even if I love the Bucs and I love Giannis, I don't trust them to win the finals just yet. Maybe they are just one year away and doing baby steps on it. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's it. That's me finding the biggest flaws on every NBA team and how they should address it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Feels good to be back doing podcasts. To be honest, I missed you guys. I have so much fun talking about the NBA. I could go on it for hours. I normally do this without scripts because I just love talking about the NBA and I have a lot of things in my head. So, yeah, I mean... This has been a great experience. I'm I'm glad I have some free time again. I'm glad I can do podcasts again. And now with the NBA playoffs starting soon, I think I'm going to do play, uh, episodes more often on my takes on every round or maybe a player or maybe just some random talks or maybe some NBA news. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm so happy to be back here. I'm glad for you guys to be here. And I would like to thank every single one of you who stayed till the end of the episode and listening to the Analyst Corner podcast episode three. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in. I love you guys. I expect you guys to be here on the next episode. And again, if you don't already, follow us at the Analyst Corner on Instagram and at Analyst Corner on Twitter. We post news, we do daily posts, uh, we do our takes on what's going on in the NBA, things that uh, shouldn't be addressed on a podcast because there's not too much to talk about. So make sure you follow us and stay tuned to what we post. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Analyst Corner Podcast. Again, my name is Will. I'm glad you stick with us uh, till the end of the episode. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Share with your friends and make sure you follow us on your social medias. And again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.